want to be free. We want to be free to ride our machines. We just want to be left alone. We want to party. We don't stay inside because of rain. We don't stay at home because it's cold. We don't even like to park our bikes. We ride. This is our biker's lifestyle. And we're back. We, and, and we're back. Big one percenter. How you doing, man? Man, good to see you guys. I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Right on, right on. Well, I guess our first question, uh, us not being on the black set, uh, we are kind of curious. Does the uh, black community care about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? Ooh, well, I got to tell you, there was a big conversation. You know, we had the uh, the black people meeting just the other day, uh-huh. and uh, we were we were talking. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. And uh, you know, what, what the big concern is is whether or not Amber Heard's gonna gonna do the damn Yoko Ono on this dude and uh, mess up the the damn uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Sure, as long as there's yeah, look, as long as there's a new movie, uh, another Pirates of the Caribbean, nobody cares. Well, she, can poop in, you know, she can poop in his bed if she wants, you know. Have you ever had a chick shit in your bed? <laughs> not not recently. However, okay. yeah. I, I did make this one chick mad as shit. She just didn't do it in the bed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right on. You know, she like, called her brother and that whole thing. Uh, was, oh, was you see that fucking video where she did a bump on the fucking stand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey man, I gotta tell you, that shit is, is hilarious to me. Like yeah. watching like a, a multimillionaire have it out with another multimillionaire. And I swear you could if you took away the money, you could put them in the trailer park and, and nobody would notice the difference. You know, no, they yeah. talk a little different, but it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. No shit. They are just as white trash as us, man. Holy that, that's something that uh, I'm pretty sure Carol Ann pooped in, um, in, in Johnny Red's uh, bed like just last week, and they were probably fighting over like the, the last piece of meth or something like that. But, right? um, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. But, oh, you know. <laughs> no doubt, man. So, uh, Big Bone, how'd you get into motorcycle riding? Man, uh, I, I love that question. So, couple of things, just like a lot of kids, uh, as a kid, I thought uh, bikes were the coolest thing ever. So and this is no bullshit. So what happened, um, I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. I met a family reunion in North Carolina. 
and one of the cousins rides up and he's got this motorcycle and I'm like hey I'm like, so I run to my cousin like hey can I get a ride on this motorcycle and he goes well as long as he goes as long as it's okay with your folks no problem you can get a ride so me being the good kid I run inside, check with my parents, and they're like, yeah, sure, you can get a ride on the motorcycle. I go back outside, and now there's a line of like 20 kids lined up actually getting on the bike, and he's running them up and down the road. I'm like, well, damn. Well, I was doing the right thing to go, and um, this is where this one percenter mentality came from too, by the way. But um, I'm doing the right thing, and now I'm at the back of the line, and by the time it's my turn to ride, it's, it's dark outside. He's tired. He's ready to go, so I don't get my ride. I'm pissed. I'm like, all right. Well, first of all, I'm never going to do that whole waiting in line thing again, and I'm not going to cross the T and dot the I. I'm going to do it like the way I should have did it in the first place, just like those 15 other ones did. That's what I should have did, and I would have been first in line, first thought. Second thought was, I, I, I want a freaking motorcycle. So you know, I go to dad, of course, like, hey, dad, can I get a motorcycle? He's like, well, you know, and so his knee jerk reaction, absolutely sure. And then, of course, mom comes in there, no, 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 you're not old enough. So when I was old enough, um, my mother hemmed and hawed, made my dad renege on his doggone promise. So I'm like, well, screw this. So I'm going to Marine Corps and get me a motorcycle, running all around the planet. You know, every time I get back, uh, back stateside, I'm running around on the motorcycle and all like this kind of stuff. So I've been infatuated with motorcycles ever since. So as far as the riding part was, I've just been pissed off ever since missing that first ride. Uh, so I've been making up time for that one ever since. As far as the club thing, that's a little bit different. That's a different story. It's a good story, though. Well, well, how did you get involved in club life? Well, okay, so uh, let's uh, keep it 100, as they say. So, um, so I uh, I lost uh, my driver's license about uh, 1988, 1989, because uh, my unit in the Marine Corps, we were what they called a. There was a joke at the time. This has nothing to do with the current politics, but um, we were a deployable combat unit. And we used, to, we used to say back in the day, this is long before the thing with Hillary or any of that, we used to say we're a deplorable combat unit. And that was like our little joke, right? And the thing is, is that for where we were, uh, you could pretty much do anything other than, as long as you didn't like shoot the Pope or something, you could get away with it as far as the police out in town and everything else. And, um, you know, they just had standing understanding that somebody from my particular unit did something, send their ass back to the base. You don't lock them up. You don't nothing. We need that mofo. So send them back to the base. The thing is, when you get out of the Marine Corps and you still have that, I'm, I'm the golden child. I can do whatever the hell I want to do and won't get in trouble. That doesn't apply when you're no longer in the Marine Corps in that unit. But I still had that way of thinking. So I didn't have a I lost my license. Uh, while I was still in the Marine Corps in uh, 1980, in 1988, I lost a driver's license. But, you know, with that mentality, I'm running all around the planet like I got 10 licenses. I literally rode all over the freaking world on a motorcycle or sometimes in a car. Sometimes I get in trouble. Sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes they turn on those, you know, little gumball machines and woo, like this. Yeah. Hey, they were going to they were going to earn their money that day. And um, so I learned after I got to Florida. That, hey, you know what? Because, uh, you know, now I'm, I got married, started having kids and all this kind of stuff. And somebody said, hey, you know, if you're on a motorcycle, they don't really screw with you as much as they do as if you're in a car. And I'm thinking, I don't got no driver's license. And this is in 2000. I'm like, I, or as you were, uh, that was, yeah, that was about 2000. So I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I, I don't have a driver's license. I don't want the cops to screw with me. I'm going to start riding motorcycles. So I started riding motorcycles 
uh, again in Florida about uh, about 2000. And going around a little bit, uh, we'd go to certain places. There's a real popular place here called Quaker Sake. And that's the place everybody kind of gets together and meets and everything. It's like a, it's one of the biggest bike nights on the East Coast, actually. I think it's the first or second largest on the East Coast. But um, anyway, so I go to Quaker Sake and there was something going on. And there was all these guys with these jackets going there. Everybody had on the same jacket. And I was like, hey, what's going on over there? Because I'm nosy as all hell. So I go to see what the heck's going on. I'm trying to move my way through. And uh, some guys from this one particular club, hey, hey, man, hey, go, go beat it. This ain't for you. I'm like, yeah, but something's going on. I want to see what's going on over there. Hey, 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 mind your business. This ain't for you. I literally went like this, looked on my back, and, hey, this ain't for you. I'm going to beat it. Like, what the hell? This happened about two more times, and I had learned some of the vernacular at this point. I'm like, oh, these are the motorcycle clubs like my cousin used to mess with, or some of my cousins used to deal with back in the day. Um, what the heck's going on here? I want in. I know about motorcycle clubs. I didn't know that's what I was looking at. I want in. So uh, I think the last time I came, these guys, hey, 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 look, this ain't for you. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to start a motorcycle club so I can find out what the hell is going on over there. I'm not even kidding. That's what the hell. It was nosiness. So I'm like, hey, let me find out. So I connected with some folks, started making some phone calls, finding out about this whole MC stuff. And I was like, hey, I'm pretty uh ingenuitive kind of a guy so i got together with uh this this um this this dope boyfriend of mine who had uh, a good good friend of mine he was in that business and uh he had like 10 motorcycles so i got together with some guys who didn't have no money but liked to ride motorcycles and we used his motorcycles and started a club and uh, the rest is history we did everything the wrong way and the funny thing about doing everything the wrong way you're going to learn, you know, you're oh, going to yeah. learn the right way to do it. Yeah, and, um, got, a, got a quick curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, in the process of doing everything the wrong way, the only benefit about doing everything the wrong way is, man, you learn real well what the right way is. More importantly, you learn why to do it the right way. And um, so that's kind of what happened there. I was just nosy as all hell and wanted to see what was on the other side of that big wall of damn vest that I was looking at. And the funny thing is, now that I know what was on the big side of that vest, I'm like, well, damn, I wouldn't waste my time with that anyway, because I got cooler shit going on on my side of the fence anyway. So, but anyway, but at the time, I needed to know. I was nosy. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. So you, you, uh, how long you been in, it's outcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we don't discuss that, but uh, we, what I can tell you is, uh, a good while, a good while. Um, uh, for not as let me see, I've known Black Dragon for for as long as I've known Black Dragon. Uh, to give you an idea how many years that is, um, but yeah, it's been a, a good a good number of years. Nice. But um, that but um, my current club that uh, that wasn't my first club. My first club, uh, believe it or not, was called the Biker Boys. No kidding. And um, yeah, yeah, swear to God, swear to God, and that was that club I started. And here's the funny thing: uh, there was a movie with the same name. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't know nothing about the movie, had never seen it or heard of it, and I just thought it was a cool ass name. And somebody goes, "Yeah, that'll be a cool name. That'll be a cool name." So, uh, and people like after the club got going, we got kind of popular. We grew, you know, different chapters and the whole thing. And every now and then, somebody would say, "Oh, you must be Smoke." Or they'd make some <laughs> reference to the movie. And I just thought, man, that, that must be some weird biker stuff that I just don't know about. Well, I don't know why they keep saying that. 
Uh, and then one guy goes, hey, burn rubber, not your soul, baby. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Right on. I had no idea they were making, they were saying lines from the movie. When I finally saw the movie, which was about, I don't know, three, four years into that club, I was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. It was like the big old giant light bulb went on, you know, that whole thing. Well, I mean, you know, Black Dragon was like a, uh, what do you call it, a technical advisor or whatever yeah. in that movie. Yeah, 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 he was. And the funny thing is, when when we when we met met um, at, by the time when we actually you know like met and started doing stuff together and all like that, uh, I was at that point I had become familiar with him from the standpoint of he was the guy that was in that movie, uh, he was the guy that wrote that book, but we weren't like like initially we weren't like buddies or friends or anything like that, and um, and I didn't realize how involved he was in that whole process, and then you know you, you know how it is like. I know a guy who knows that guy and we have mutual friends and that whole thing. So that uh, developed pretty organically, but, but yeah, it was, uh, it's just, uh, to this day, it cracks me the hell up. I'm like, I was green as all get out, man. And so now I think, okay, I've been doing this for uh, 20. Uh, yeah. So 22 years now. And it's amazing. Like the time flies, but then you also, in that period of time, you actually see, a lot of really interesting stuff. You've seen a, a lot of changes, the way technology has changed, the way that we apply it, but also you see uh, the way that the uh, the set uh, has has changed and morphed in different regions, like from what it used to be to what it is now. And you see, I've literally seen it in some areas go right back to what it used to be. I'm a big proponent of tradition. So I don't think, uh, I, I'm a big believer in not, like not trying to reinvent the wheel with this stuff, you know? But, um, you know, you got some some young cats who uh, come from that, um, you know, immediate gratification, you know, participation trophy ideology. Yeah. who just want to, you know, that's a whole other thing that, that that really fucks up the set. But that's a whole, you know, I want to babble your head off about that. But it's been it's been an interesting ride, brothers. Oh, no doubt, man. You know, uh, you mentioned that, you know, you know, that certain type of brother, which is we were on a ride. I was on a ride yesterday talking with a friend of mine who's another club and he's, he said uh you know he said every club's got it he's like there's that six or seven guys that that do everything and are always there and and then you got that other part of the club those pat those empty best holders and, and it's the same everywhere is it the same yeah. on, on the black set too um on the black set you see some of you know like anything you, know, you, you see there's uh there's some clubs that i call party clubs um that their their whole function and everybody shows up for everything because it's always a party they're showing up for the party and um then you have um more traditional clubs where uh some of those clubs have have those issues with the guy who's just basically just um sucking down some oxygen who will show up for church every other church or something like that and um who he'll show up for a party but not to clean up after and you know so you got you got that whole thing and then you got um or my level of things, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty different. It's, uh, you know, folks show up, you, you plugged in, you know, um, like we, I, I was actually talking to somebody a little earlier. I can tell you, it's, it's harder to, to earn that jewelry than it is to keep it. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's harder to get that patch than it is to, to keep it. You know, cause you, you earn that, you earn that mofo every day. So it's a different sort of a thing. That's why, um, you know, I always say, you know, I I don't say it out loud a lot, but <laughs> for our purposes here, when um when some girl gets together with a with a guy with certain clubs like clubs like mine and so forth, 
always say, hey, you know, you might want to, you know, check your mental, talk to your psychiatrist, talk to your preacher or your parents a little bit first, because your ass might be crazy for what for the ride that you're getting ready to go on. Because you know, if you if you love a guy, oh man, I hate to quote that damn TV show, but it's true. Uh, that girl on um, on Sons says to the her daughter in law, she goes, hey, if you love the man, you got to learn to love the club because in certain clubs like mine, the club trumps a whole lot of everything. You know, the club is going to, the club and your brothers are going to trump everything. And um, and it, it doesn't suggest that you don't love your family or don't love your job or love your, you know, whatever the heck it is that you love in life. But the club is the end all to be all. Everything revolves around the club. So the old ladies, uh, which, you know, in the spirit of Mother's Day, uh, the old ladies that um, find themselves uh, with with their guy for a long period of time. Hey, she gets that. Um, she gets that, and she she's you know she plays her role, and she understands that sometimes he might get that weird ass phone call at three twenty seven a.m. and might be gone for a week, you know. Or she might understand that um that hey he's gonna say hey you know uh, come on let's go uh, where are we going I don't know yeah you know, maybe we'll go to the clubhouse or maybe we're gonna go to somebody else's club. Like in clubs like mine, we've got chapters all over the friggin' place. So, you know, you might be staying in town or you might be on the road for the next 12 hours going somewhere else. You know, so so your you, your lifestyle is tailored to, not so much to accommodate the club, but it's tailored to mesh with what's going on in the club. You know, it's like in some clubs, I'll tell you a difference that I see. In certain clubs, I've, I've heard guys say stuff like, Oh damn, we I've got to go to such and such. Our ideology is, oh hell yeah, I get to go to such and such. Like I'm looking forward to it. Whereas in some of those other clubs, it's a chore. And which I always suggest to people, man, if your if your club feels like it's a like it's a job that you're punching a clock and not getting paid for, and it feels like that to you, man, put them rags on the bar and, and you know do yourself a favor. Because if it's not in your heart, man, don't put it on your back. Okay, it started. It started to get a little bit better. Did you change something, Tank? No. Oh, touch the damn thing. Touch the damn thing. Oh, oh, I can hear you. I can hear you perfect now. Okay. So weird, man. Whatever he did, I don't know what you did, but I tricked my phone up and texted you the question. Uh, <laughs> so on this end, we'll do this for editing purposes. So, Big Bone, what made you want to be a one percenter? Wow. Um, you know what? And, and I, I, I kind of love that question. Um, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's, it was never, um, honestly, in the case of me, there was nothing that ever said, I want to be a one percenter. And um, fortunately, I know with, uh, with us anyway, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, a lot of clubs say this, but with us, it's legitimately true. We don't recruit, like we don't go out and uh, you know, put up flyers and posters and send out emails, come to the net, you know, it's not like that at all. Um, what happens is, you know, I was a, a certain type of individual. Um, I always, for as long as I was familiar with Outcast, uh, had love for this club. I was very impressed with, like when I'd see these guys go out and do things. I think the first time I actually saw the club, I was at a, and this is gonna sound kinky. I was at a um, event called Freaknik. They used to do it in Atlanta every year. And I went there one time and I saw these guys. And the first time I saw them, I thought, man, that must be a rock and roll band because they're wearing the same clothes. They got these cool ass motorcycles, this jewelry, girls all over them everywhere. I'm like, man, who is that? And then as I learned a little more, I'm like, oh damn, that's those guys. So 
So over a number of years, I started learning about who those guys were. And I thought, man, that's, you know, they, they, they do some pretty impressive stuff. Uh, and I'm speaking from, you know, that was my way of thinking back then. So going forward, uh, back in the day, I didn't have any intention on moving in the direction of outcast or being a one percenter or any of this kind of stuff. It was just a very natural progression with the stuff that I was doing. Whereas um, my club that I mentioned before, the biker boys got kind of big, started being kind of influential and, you know, spending time with a lot of different folks, a lot of different diamonds from uh, from different different clubs and um, and their lifestyle mimicked me my lifestyle, you know, and, um, and it just made more sense to me. So before I went to, uh, before I went to Outcast, I was actually uh, looking at a completely different club. And I've only been with three clubs in, in my whole life, but, but uh, so I was with a support club and the support club, it, even though they were a fine club, they didn't move like I used to, they didn't have the same ideology that I did. And I noticed that the guys in Outcast did. So the way that um, the way that Outcast works, we don't recruit like I mentioned. So I wasn't recruited. It was more of, hey man, you make sense to us, and we might make sense to you. If so, hang out, spend a little time, and guess what? We spoke the same language. So these guys just basically showed me where home was. And um, so like with us, we don't make one percenters. You know what I mean? It's like there's a bunch of guys in clubs right now that have a one percenter mentality. Uh, they just hadn't found their way home yet. And that, that's kind of the way that we look at it. And that's, it was a very, uh, very natural progression. There was nothing forced about it or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the getting into the club, that ain't an easy process. And that's, that's, that is not a, uh, a easy proposal. I'm saying once you say, yep, I want to do this, that's when the games begin, man. Yeah, and, um, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If listen, let me tell you, I don't care whatever club you go in. If here's how you know you're with the right club. If at one point after while you're a probate or probie or prospect, whatever you want to call it, while you're during that prospect phase, if you don't say to yourself a time or two, maybe three or four times, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Or, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. If you, if you don't do that, then you might not be with the right club. Right. You know, That's very true. It's supposed to be tough. You know, yeah, yeah. So what's the best part about being in a club for you? Man, you know what? Uh, so so I'm, I mentioned her, I was in the Marine Corps, and um, we have this thing we call esprit de corps. And um, in, in plain English, esprit de corps is uh, it's just an, uh, a spirit of brotherhood, unlike you might have, even in some cases, with your own blood brother. This is one of those situations where is come hell or high water, good, bad, or indifferent, you could have just been cussed out by this guy who's wearing your patch, or you might cuss him out, or you know, you might not can stand each other, but damn it, you'll catch a bullet for him, or you might share one with uh, share one for him at the same time. You know, this is a sort of place where it's a no excuses kind of I don't always like you, but God damn it, I love you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to prove that to you time and time and time again. Um, like I mentioned, that 327 AM phone call, you know, if I, you call uh, certain blood members of your family or people who say, man, I got you, call them at 327 in the morning and tell them they need to, you know, ride 60 miles down the road to come either 
you're broke down on your bike or you're in a hell of a situation and it ain't looking good. When you make that phone call, there's only a few folks that's actually going to answer. And then more than more importantly uh, than just answering, who are going to actually get their ass up out of bed if they're even in bed and um, take that ride to coming back you up. And they're going to do it with a quickness. It's a different, um, it's that, uh, well, and the thing is that didn't exist for, and it doesn't exist for a lot of folks outside of um, their, the military. Uh, in my case, I was in the Marine Corps. And if, if you guys know anything about Marines, we're all, we're, we're damn near like a cult with that stuff. You know, oh, yeah. you can't get two Marines in the same place at the same time who never met each other before without them, you know, jumping up and down like a couple of four-year-olds and then swapping stories and everything. And, you know, uh, I know a lot of people have been in different branches of the military, but you see Marines, we, it's like a religion. You have to put that damn sticker on your car and the sticker on your bike, and you got to get the freaking tattoo. And at least once or twice a week, you got some USMC related stuff that you're wearing. And everybody that knows us and loves us are absolutely sick of our shit. We're so sick of hearing all of this stuff. But so outside of the Marine Corps, that was a thing that didn't exist for me. It was very foreign Uh in fact, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I went through um, I went through uh, withdrawals. I, I I didn't want to deal with certain folks and people that didn't have that same background. I didn't really talk to them or deal with them. I mean, for business purposes, I dealt with folks, but they weren't the same. You know, it wasn't the same. Right. Uh, whereas when I found myself uh, gravitating toward the set and the, the MC community, I started seeing a bit more of that. By the time I got with my club now, that's all I see. And that's 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 just just you know this one of those grass is green, water's wet. Your brother is your freaking brother, like for real, for real. You know yeah. that's the thing, and um, I'm blessed in the sense that my actual my DNA blood family is pretty freaking fantastic. That's not the case for everybody, you know, because there's there's brothers that uh, that you know grew up without a dad. Guess what? You got one now. Um, grew up without brothers. Guess what? You got one now. Their, their family members screwed them over. Guess what? You don't got to deal with them no more because this family over here is, they're going to do it the right way. So it's a, it's a very, it's an extremely special kind of a thing. It's an extremely special kind of a thing. And, you know, I, I feel absolutely blessed that for however it was it happened that I found my way this way. I'm, it's, it's, it's the best. And oh, I, I agree. And I got to tell you, I, I seek other patch members out to hang out. I get along better with patch holders and clubs than I do with just regular normal people out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I find them, I find patch holders to be a much more deliberate person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they say what you mean, mean what you say. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, no bullshit. You know, hold on. Let's just get right down to the bottom of what's going on. You know, oh, yeah. Kevin and Han shit. Oh, yeah. Man, I remember like it was yesterday. It was uh, about 2007. Uh, uh, this one fella uh, from a one percenter club, um, a white guy, different club. And, um, you know, we're, so it's a number of us from these different clubs, um, both, uh, both one percenter clubs and otherwise. We, we get along, we hang out. Some of them are my tightest best friends. But this one particular fella uh, was telling me in 2007, we're hanging out in front of a completely different one percenters clubhouse. And um, we were just kind of chopping it up and chit chatting about some stuff. And, um, he asked me if I could do a favor for him. And I said, yeah, I could probably do that. He says, are you sure you can do it? I said, I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can do it. He said, man, he says, I'll tell you what. He says, this is one of those times where 
You he goes, you lie about all the I don't can we cuss on here? Is there oh, yeah, yeah. oh okay, all right. <laughs> well, in that case, so he says, he says, Well, look at here, man. He says, he goes, I'm gonna lie to you about all the pussy I'm getting, and you lie to me about all the pussy you're getting. He goes, but let's not lie to each other about like important stuff. He goes, especially when I'm wearing this and you're wearing that. He goes, when that happens, we gotta shoot straight. And then he made a joke. He said, unless we're talking about pussy, then we can lie all over the place. And you know, we laughed and joked about it, but, um, and I've heard that in different, different variations of that same conversation a lot. And the thing that, uh, the thing that I came into this thing with is, man, that's, that's pretty similar to our ideology in the Marine Corps, you know, like, Hey, whatever, you know, like if, uh, during wartime, you need to appropriate something to appropriate something to get a certain job done you can get that job done by any means necessary but what you don't do is you don't steal it from your brother you don't lie to your brother and brothers are my brothers in the club but also there's a, a, a community of those of us who wear these patches who earn them and that are worthy of respect and 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 the, the honor that you see you dishonor yourself and your club when you do dishonorable shit so there's a lot of folks who fall within the realm of, of, of folks that that should enjoy that honesty, the integrity, and the, the honor that goes along with this stuff that we do. Most bikers, and you're, you, you were real correct when you said this, I find most bikers to be real straight up, um, very, very deliberate, and these are the folks that you can absolutely trust. If a biker tells you, I'll be there tonight, eh, he might be running late. You know, that happens because, you know, we ride motorcycles and all kinds of other crazy stuff, but he's coming. You can feel really confident that he's coming. If he says, hey, I'm going to take care of this headache or this problem for you, you can feel really confident that he meant what he said and said what he meant. That's not always the case um, with civilians, man. It's just, unfortunately, it's just not. Why so, that, uh, that that last episode you did with uh, Black Dragon where you're talking about relationships? Oh, yeah. If you don't have the same patch, you'll develop relationships with other clubs. So you could be like, well, I know this one dude in this area, and I can, he's got a chapter in this area. And even though my guy is out there and being oh, yeah. there's a chapter of another club, we're cool with him. I'll give him a call. He can help you out. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you a little secret. We, uh, we knew what we were talking about. We were thinking of some very specific examples when we were having that, when we were talking about that, we didn't share what those specific examples were, but that wasn't just conversation. That's something that happens on a regular daily basis. Whereas we interact with, with, uh, of course, with our, with each other, with our own clubs, but I broke down, I was in a, a town called Cartersville, Georgia, which is, a it's like in the northern part of Georgia. I was coming back from, um, uh, I, you know, I might have mentioned this before, uh, I was coming back from Canada or, um, or uh, Michigan or something. Anyway, I was on my way back to Florida and I break down in Cartersville, Georgia. And I'm like, son of a gun, where the heck am I? Da, 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 da. I made two phone calls. I called, um, I called my chapter in Chattanooga and I called the chapter in Tampa to let them know what was going on. And, and, and they put me at ease immediately. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Relax. We got you. 20 minutes later, a guy from a club that I didn't even realize was in, I was familiar with the guy's club. Um, guy showed up and um, the guy, um, I'll say his, I won't mention his club, but the guy's name is, uh, his name is Quake. You, you ever met a guy that was so big that they, uh, that they couldn't talk right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. This guy, so he shows up big, 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 I'm talking six, six, 
pushing 400 pounds. Black dude, you know, sort of did the Frankenstein walk a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, and I'm watching this guy. He's, he's blocking out the sun as he's coming through the damn um, through the parking lot. And we're in this uh, little gas station with a little uh, Wendy's restaurant or whatever next to it. And he comes into the place and everybody turns around like, you know, like everybody in the place is like, oh, and he goes. Is uh, is uh, is you big bone? I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah. Who's asking? He goes. I'm quick. I'm quick. It's okay, quick. Glad that you're here, man. He goes, he goes, he goes, yo people called to say, come on down here. I said, oh, okay. I look out, I'm looking for like the trucks, trucks and trailers. I'm like, oh, you got a, you got a trailer or something out there? He goes, nah, nah. I'm like, okay, All right, quick, well, um, well, uh, you know, like, what he made a few are you, words. Are you gonna like, carry my bike on your back? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, uh, so, so, what are you? Um, so, what, what's the plan here, Quake? He said, they, 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 they told me to make sure you don't get dead while you in Cartersville. I said, part, me there, Quake. What, what the hell did you just say? They, they said, make sure you don't get did um you know while um while using cartersville and i just had to stop and think about it. i said okay i guess it's good not to get dead while i'm in cartersville okay, okay quick i'm with you i'm with you right now make sure i don't get dead that's what's up that's cool so um so quick just kind of posted up at the door doing this there you go for about a half hour and i tell you this mofo he didn't say shit for like 30 minutes Every now and then he'd look over, and make sure that you know, make sure we wasn't dead. That was 30 minutes. So then, so after that, there's about, I'm not exaggerating, about 30, probably between 30 or 40 bikes start rolling into the doggone uh, into the gas station parking lot. Brand new, big, beautiful, shiny uh, truck and trailer. I mean, like brand new type stuff. I'm like, good lord. So I'm saying it's a bunch of white guys, and they're like, hey. You big bone one percenter. And I said, Yeah, I am. Said, hey, your folks called. We got you. I'm in Cartersville, Georgia. Um, they load me up. We chit chat a little bit, and we started taking a ride. And we go way out in the woods, and more woods, and more woods. And I'm thinking, Uh oh, I seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, Bert Reynolds was in this movie, and somebody yeah, had a man joke. Yeah, I'm like, Oh boy, here it goes. So we actually went to their clubhouse, yeah, which was in uh, Ackworth, Georgia. And uh, so we went out there, partied like till like crazy. So after a little bit, um, they're like, hey, man, so what do you want to do? I'm like, man, I got to get on back. And they said, OK, well, what do you, you want to do? I said, well, tell me where I am. I'm going to call my brothers. They're going to come and pick me up. I'm like, where? I said, where's the closest? Or where's the closest one of my clubhouses to where we are now? And he's like, you want to go north? You want to go south? I said, well, I got to go south. I'm trying to get back to Florida. They said, damn, that's all the way down in Atlanta. I said, hey, if it's cool with you guys, I'll hang out. My, my bros will come and get me. They said, no, nah, no. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. All right. I'm looking for the banjo. I'm like, oh, boy, here it comes. He goes, no, we, we got you. We got you. I'm like, what? 
I'm like, no, man, you, that's a long way. You friggin', that's a long way. Hey, man, look, they go, I don't know how you guys do where you're from, but here in this state, you know, we got you. They loaded me up, drove me all the freaking way to Atlanta. And that was a long damn drive. Drove me all the way to Atlanta. We got there to the big house. That's the clubhouse in Atlanta. Partied like crazy. And um, the crazy stuff was everybody knew each other. And these nobody was even close to each other, but they were close to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, this was, wouldn't take any money. I tried three different times to give him money for gas. They got, hey, 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 man. He says, stop, you're gonna, duh, come on, don't do that. We don't do that here. We, we don't do that here. You know, I was, I was touched. And I also learned that this old school biker stuff still exists. You know, that, that, was, that was only about five years ago. And um, I was like, man, it, you know, it, it, it's still going on. Thank goodness this, this old school ideology that folks had once upon a time is still going on. You know, and the, and uh, the, to qualify this, these are all white guys. So, so that's a uh, another thing that's a common misconception. Um, people think that you know, especially nowadays, people want to believe because of politics and all this other stuff that there's this this big old war brewing between the white set and the black set because people say the white set and the black set. Man, nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, um, it's the exact opposite of that. It's like, hey, everybody knows that you know. Here, the only difference is we'll actually say, hey, he's a white guy. And he'll say, hey, that's a black guy. That's about as much as anybody gives a fuck about it. You know, we're more concerned with who your club is than whether you're black, white, plaid, or green. Nobody gives a damn. You know, we get down the way we get down and everything's good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a good situation. Oh, this past uh, winter, I was at a party in Milwaukee. At a, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I ran into yeah. one of your guys that was uh, hanging out. And I had some extra drink tickets. I'm like, hey, man, I know this dude named uh, Big Bone One Percenter. He's uh, with the oh, yeah. club. And uh, here are my drink tickets. I don't, I got to take off so you can have them. And uh, I don't oh, know, right you, but, you know, yeah, cool. you must be cool. Here you go. And he was like, oh, yeah. man, thanks. And I mean, you know, it's yep. how it is. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know this dude from a hole in the wall. We're a different color. I don't give a fuck. You know, but here's the thing. Dragon told me this really interesting story. Um, they had a, a the short version of it, and I'm going to try not to mess it up too much. But um, they were uh, at one of our clubhouses um, in a different state. Had just left there. Uh, so, um, they were kind of new to that area. Um, had some concerns. Worked it out. We sort of alluded to it on that show that you were mentioning. Um, had some issues. Got all that stuff worked out with a few phone calls. And these guys um, who who were at our place left, a whole other group of folks wanted to give them a hard time. They made a phone call back to our guys. And next thing you know, there's 150 of my brothers in a parking lot saying, hey, these guys are good. Man, I'm censoring all this, but um, these guys are good and um, they're going home tonight. And um, if you guys are smart, you can too. And um, so, and they were like, wow, you know, they had no idea that that kind of, but you know what, it's about, it's all about this love thing, man, you know, because that's, that's the thing that people don't actually get. The best friend that a civilian can have is some biker, oh, yeah. you know, some, some guy who's got grease under his knuckles and from, from twisting on his, or from twisting wrenches on his Harley. And, you know, maybe he don't use the King's English so perfect. And uh, maybe he's a little dusty looking every now and again, when he, puts on those, you know, those old dirty rags that he protects and loves so good and everything like that. But guess what? If that guy's got love for you, man, it's going to, you'll be hard pressed to find that kind of love outside of your mother, you know? Right on. 
that's true, man. I, I you know. Oh, man. Hey, I suck because I just realized what time it is. I got to jump on over there to the doggone round table, fellas. I, I just oh, glanced shit. up. Well, hey, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Man, man, and listen, I I enjoyed this, and I hope I didn't uh, talk y'all's head off too damn much oh, tonight. But, brother, it's it's definitely a good time. We got to do it again, hopefully sometime oh, yeah. soon, brother. We can do it again. And, hey, and Bone, when I get back down there in October, you and me, we're going to get together. Man, I'm saying, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm vexed like a motherfucker because like, last time, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Freaking, man, life, life got in the way. But, oh, I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll shut the hell up. So, I'm coming out with a new show, um, hopefully by next week. Yeah, I got a bunch of equipment to figure out how to use it and stuff. But um, <laughs> anybody wants to get at me, uh, the, the, what is it, on Facebook is uh, Bone OFFO, I think. And on uh, the Instagram is... Uh, Big Bone OFFO and uh, the, the email, I know that one by heart. Uh, that one's uh, bo <laughs> that one's bone.outcast at gmail.com. But I love hearing from the folks because y'all give me great ideas and ask great questions. And you know, that's really what it's all about is just letting folks know, like, hey, here's, here's, how, here's how this stuff is supposed to work, you know? Yeah. Sometimes on the news and stuff like that, they don't really say what's, what's really going on, you know? All right, fellas. I'll talk to you soon, man. Man, thanks for having me on here tonight, fellas. Later hey, on, man. Thanks, man. Right on. Cool. Right on. You can just drop off because we're going to talk. Oh, there's this. We're going to end this shit. Huh? We're going to end this. Oh, go ahead and end it. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing it live here, folks. Yeah, this is how we end this shit. That was Big Ball One Percenter. Good man. <laughs> That was good shit. Yeah, all right, man. Yeah. Go fast, take chances. Yeah, right fast, take chances, man. Later. Okay.